Alok, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Stuart. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, man. Another week's passed by. You've had an eventful last seven days or so. E- eventful is the word. Yeah, we did an AI for business <laughs> event intensive, so that was really good. Yeah, like the world <laughs> is moving fast, and I think one of the reasons why we keep the weekly cadence for the podcast is because there is so much to uncover. So why don't we start where we are right now, right? So we're on Wednesday, 3rd May, literally this week. IBM announced nearly 7,800 jobs. They put a hiring freeze on. And the CEO of IBM basically said that he can easily, his words, he can easily see 30% of jobs being replaced by AI. So let's just deconstruct that for a second. He was talking about non-customer facing roles, non-revenue producing roles. So operations and backend. And he said, easily see. So we're in May, probably since February, everything has been kicking off, right? So within that short time period, they've already taken the decision to freeze hiring from any non-revenue producing role and to also look at these elements. So if they say easily 30, there's a lot more there. What are your thoughts on that? That was the surprising thing. It was within such a short period of time. It's just, okay, we'll start with 30%. We'll start with a hiring freeze across the board with, in these with, areas. With snake level AI. Basically, like my, the way I talk about it is like <laughs> snake on the Nokia. Basically, <laughs> AI we've got right now is snake on the Nokia. It's the worst it's ever going to be. And with Might snake to level that AI, to some of the younger audience. With, with snake level <laughs> AI, it's a cool game on the Nokia with a green screen. But with that level, 30%. I was listening to a podcast from a week or two ago, and someone had asked the host, it's a tech podcast, someone had asked the host, who were kind of our age, what does your computing experience growing up as kids, how does that influence what you're doing today? And they were describing how kind of starting in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s on computers, and how the speed and the slowness, it makes you feel, they would describe it as like a depression era computing idea. You're kind of desperate for resources and desperate for setting it up in the way that it was. And the idea that you would keep a computer for one of the guys was talking about having his first computer for five or six years. Now, that acceleration seems insane. There's no way you'd have a five or six-year-old computer now because it'd be redundant. But back in the early 90s, that was not uncommon so when you translate that to the ai level in this conversation we're having now the acceleration of that just off the cuff okay finger in the air let's put hold on 30 percent of things or we can anticipate 30 percent of things the speed at which that changes once you start actually sitting down and looking at it we've been playing around with a few more tools over the last week or so particularly around the podcast side of things and even the acceleration from i mean probably I mean, December, it wasn't really on the radar at all. Maybe some text-based stuff around ChatGTP yeah. and just kind of amplifying some stuff or accelerating some stuff there. But the tools that have just been released in the last couple of months are exponentially faster than they were. And then I was talking to one of the services, talking with their like account director type people, saying, okay, well, this is what we're really looking for, and this is where the gaps are, and this is what we want. Yeah. And everything that I mentioned was on the roadmap already, imminently on the roadmap. And then they were suggesting some other things. So that out-of-the-box expectation, it's going to be this amount. But then once you actually start diving into it, that's going to be the real... Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to see the real game changer. 
No, but, but the, I think the key thing is it's already affecting things. It's already changing, changing stuff. And then just recently, uh, so obviously all the big companies are like putting in a lot of money into generative AI because they can see that anything which basically involves any form of consulting, any form of like knowledge management from backend, all of that stuff, it can be done using AI in different ways. Now you'll still need humans in the loop, but the key thing is humans have to upskill. Like we've right. you've got to, you've got to basically augment your work with AI, otherwise it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And a couple of other things that I kind of noticed is, for example, just recently, for example, OpenAI have released a code interpreter for ChatGPT. It's not available for public release yet, but before, if you thought ChatGPT was powerful in being able to construct, analyze, deconstruct any form of text. Now it's got data scientists built into it. And basically what you do is you just drag in a 20 megabyte Excel file. I imagine how many numbers are in that, right? <laughs> right. And then, and that you can then say, give me some high level graphs, which will best illustrate this data. And then it will yeah. do that. And, yeah. and then if a trend comes from it, you can say, please give me the supporting statistics for this. And it will do that. So yeah. data scientist is done. You understand, like that's that, that level, level one data scientist. That's, yeah, everyone has that. And that, that's the referring to it as level one data scientist. I think that is talking about where we are today. That's the opportunity that people have got. It's kind of similar to the conversation that we had last week, like understanding or the limitations that you put on things before because it was impractical or difficult or time consuming. That has gone away as far as text or amplification of content goes. Now applying that to the data scientists. So we have, I mean, we're a small business. We don't have like CFOs on staff. We've got an account. We've got bookkeepers and CPA looking after the books and submissions. But at best, we may be checking with them once a year and then that tax time and all of that type of thing. But now imagine being able to just upload the financial reports for every month and say, okay, as we've got these broken down by categories of products, give me some insights into those numbers. Right. What are the Something trends? that Right. Something that small businesses, I think, can kind of grab onto and understand and use that as an example of pre-AI, post-AI. This is Correct. the first step think, towards think, more understanding. I think everyone's going to start creating their own, let's call it agent profiles, like AI agent, which is, let's just say, you're going to play an AI agent inside my business that's a CFO, for example, right? And right. you're going to receive the monthly data dump of all the customers and all the transactions. Your job is to identify the actual bits I need to look at and any right. meaningful changes, which is more than, a, let's say, a 5% variance in this. So once you give it that that those parameters, it's then a sentinel that will just look yeah. for those bits, basically, right? That's such an opportunity as well, because you kind of think, okay, 30% of jobs on hold, everyone's default is, oh, that's terrible and that's a problem. But adding your... Imagine a scenario where you're a CPA, a CFO type person, you're looking to generate your own business on the side of a corporate yeah. job. You've got your approach for doing things. And if you can not even write the code for the bot, but even write the prompts yeah. based on your understanding, I've been quite a lot engineer And you create an AI first assistant and workflow. And then basically, the, because the question is not what is there, the question is how do I change that? Right. right. So so you, you will then shift from AI telling you the what, for example, right? And then you'll need the people to help you with the how, essentially, because there'll yeah. be some of the humans. And that how, 
having that augmented how so you're the person who has the understanding you've gone to school you've got the knowledge right. but now you've got the ability to write prompts from your perspective for other people so right. if i've got a particularly unique way of analyzing small business financial reports for people in the taxidermy it's your, it's sector your, it's your formula it's your algorithm basically isn't it yeah because the expert you- has detail the expert sees detail the amateur sees yeah. like blocky approximations basically isn't yeah. it and you as the taxidermist i don't know why i'm in a co-working <laughs> space in winterhaven and out on the wall above the fireplace is this big stag's head so as i was looking around for an example that kind of came to me so so as the taxidermist you don't want to get involved in any of that but if you can tap into the expertise of someone else and that someone else can give you in day one the prompt but in day 10 the bot that just plugs in everyone gets except gets access to their own ai consulting arm basically isn't it like almost a mini right. ai accenture or mckinsey or whatever you want to call it right you can have those lenses scale down so i think that that made quite quite interesting and then what i thought like from this is if you look at where those opportunities are so we did we ran a workshop this weekend where there was 12 um, people from business that came for our intensive in lisbon we're going to be doing one in london end of this month and what was really interesting was like on day one it was all about discover and day two was implement so day one was basically like horizon scanning understanding what's going on and we were just showing um so many different examples and then what we started to do is we started to chain together different ais so i'll get so we started to kind of explain to people that like look Level one is what we kind of just talked about, right? Like the data scientist just said this. Level two is when that then informs something else, which displays in this way or that way. So yeah. I was giving an example. We use like an AI meeting tool all the time. And what it does is it helps summarize, identify action points, but it also then shows you your own thinking clarity, how structured was the meeting. You can audit those things, even like what kind of language are we using? Is it customer centric or not? You can analyze all that, right? Because you got like the whole thing. Yeah. But then I brought something up. I said, what you could do is if you had your strategic priorities on one side, which is all the things you need to work on, and these are all the missions and the objectives and whatever for this Q1. And then on the second side, you've got all the meetings in aggregate that were strategy meetings, and then you extract a word cloud from it. So I said, so imagine you've got like a dynamic word cloud created, which is basically any word or phrase semantically meaning, basically meaning the same, will make the word appear bigger. And then what? And then so what you can then see is like, how directly is my culture communication mapping to our organization goals? Because if there's a right. big difference in those two, you're not going to hit nothing. You understand? Yeah. And what it also then allows you to do is observe what's going on. So when we started like explaining these kind of, let's call it like recipes or like these kind of kind of solution layers where you can apply analytics that you couldn't apply before, people's eyes really started unlocking and their minds started unlocking on what was going on and what the opportunities were. And it was really interesting because like we had people from either from glasses manufacturing to really innovative schools to universities. And w- one person has to, does the marketing for five different basically medical departments. So there's like pharmacy, right. medicine, dentistry, whatever like this. And she has to then analyze podcasts from each of them. So she was spending five hours listening to podcasts and I showed her like an AI summarization tool, basically. Right? That's insane. And, yeah. And then I, and I was explaining to her, you can actually also send back to the person, the podcast guidance to doing a better podcast, to having the structure better and things like this. And she was like so happy that, I mean, the, that the time- has a, yeah, the time saving, exactly. That is an amplifier for, we, I recorded a show with Dean a couple of weeks ago that I think will go up on the Book More podcast this week. So we were talking there about the AI 
everyone again in this snake stage everyone's thinking oh, i can just put a quick prompt into ChatGPT, and then it'll spit out a book which obviously isn't the case but we were getting into it a little bit and i was saying that even if that is the case at some point further down the track there's this idea of kind of quality versus quantity and quantity has now been solved because that's yeah. a done deal but quality is still an issue and whether it's kind of better prompting or refining what comes out or whether or it's the uniqueness right the uniqueness of ideas in the first place yeah. so this person's time to go into those our tool, exactly yeah yeah increasing that, the value that's the upskilling that's the upskilling because yeah. like the thing is yeah. what i realized is that if you're creative you have unlimited potential basically right because yeah. it's just a question of just increasing that creativity so what i saw from the workshop was really interesting that like they, they got those things and then we took people through a tool i call the process cognifier which is basically where you look at any any process and you're looking at what's the emotional outcome i want to happen so i want people to feel more understood or more confident or whatever like this and then under Underneath that, like, how would that be done? They receive a personalized video message or this or that, or whatever, like right. that point. And then, so that's make it better. And at the bottom, it's make it cheaper. And then it's okay, like, what can you do to make it to deliver it on time? It'll be automated by this. We'll use a video which we recorded once. And then it will have like the lips and the mouth synced based on the voice that, like, based on the customer's name, all that kind of stuff. And then, so you got make it better, make it cheaper, but you start with the emotional outcome. And when I started giving people this, and we were going through on day two how to implement and how to do it and put together a 90 day roadmap. It was really interesting because by them going deep into the technology, then coming back out again and going, looking at what's the emotional outcome trying to make happen and what will that do as a business case, it gave them the kind of like language and simple message to go about conversations in their company. Because like I had the guy who was the CIO, chief information officer for quite a big company that's listed in London on the stock exchange. And he was saying that he goes, what I realized is I can do anything. The question <laughs> is, like the question what is, should I be? Yeah. And also how do yeah. I bring everyone how do I bring everyone else along with me? That was the key right. thing. And so then right. we started going through more about like how to implement it within the organization. And that's where I can see there's a lot of opportunity for helping organizations with implementation, basically. And that's some things that we yeah. help with. But it's like how to drive that kind of AI knowledge hub, how to also create your policies and your roadmap, because you want to be proactive on it. One person said there, I see that this AI will bring chaos. But then he paused and said, but that's a good thing. You understand? And I said, exactly. Right. Because it means that you can actually re-engineer and rethink literally everything in the business. But then I yeah. said that you need to be the one injecting the chaos. Because if you're on the defensive and someone weaponizes this against you, you're, right. you're, you're going to be, you don't want to be in a reaction. Yeah, on the back foot. And yeah. in a time when, I mean, you don't necessarily have as much opportunity to be on the back foot as you would have done in the past. It was the, I was talking to Dean last night and he was talking about, we were talking about content again and like the explosion of content and he was there was a junior strategic coach meeting last week and peter diamandis was there talking about the his realization that the the ability to create the production is exponentially ramping up but the consumption side of it humans there's a limiting factor there attention is limited we only yeah exactly we only process stuff at 60 minutes an hour I mean, I've run podcasts at 1.3, 1.4, but that aside, it was still unlimited. But the point I was making there, even today, the amount of content on YouTube, as an example, is massively more than any one person can consume. But it doesn't matter because all that we're trying to do as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as creators, is trying to talk to one person at a time. And as right. long as we can get that one person's, so the same with 
the disruption and the chaos, there's the risk and the interruption. There's a risk that you can view the whole AI space as a problem and a negative and a downside. But if we tie it back to what are we trying to do? What's the job of work? Who am I trying to engage with? And then how do I bring along the people who I want to bring along, either internally or externally? It makes it much more, much less daunting. And yes, there is a lot of other, there's an exponential amount of threats now because the production is shot up. But our capacity, we can augment that and then just deal with kind of what's in that sphere of influence. No, I agree. But I think like the business owners that want to put their head in the sand, you can't do that. I mean, one of the things I said at the conference was like AI is a bullet train. And if you don't even know the bullet train exists and then someone's got on the bullet trains traveling for five days before you, and then even if you get on the bullet train after five days, you cannot catch up. You cannot catch up. You cannot make that distance up. Because the thing is like, as they get more competent and accelerated using those tools, they will progress faster. Someone in the day one was asking us, well, everyone's going to have Copilot inside Microsoft Word and PowerPoint stuff. And we very quickly showed people that like, they're not thinking of the three dimensions of AI in terms of interface, the robotic process automation and the cognitive decision-making because the world doesn't exist just in Word, right? It's all about workflows. Yeah? And even if you use Teams and things like this, there's still customizations and layers and things you can put on top of it. And if you got those things in place, you can do things much quicker. I mean, just as one tool, I've been posting videos on LinkedIn and all I did was I, I literally use this AI summarizer. And what I do is I put the one hour video from the session I just did on the weekend and it selects the most engaging part of the video to make 30 second clips automatically, transcribes it, puts <laughs> the subtitles on automatically. Right. And, and it also predicts based on the interest angle of what's going on. And what I'm trying to say is that I used to give that to a video person who would edit it, do this. I'd have to say, choose this second, choose that one. And then yeah. you do three of them. It's a lot of time that would go in that basically. Right. Yeah. And now I can have and a lot of cycles. I, yeah. I can send. So what I yeah. do is I did with George, I did a presentation with, so I sent him a couple of the videos that he can post as well. So what I'm trying to say is that the speed of output just massively engages and like the and bottlenecks are gone. I was watching, so I drove down from home in Pennsylvania down to the office here in Florida on Monday. So it's a 22-hour drive. So I'm kind of back up. Yeah, yeah, and that's when it's working. So I drive an electric vehicle. So that actually is 22 hours if the infrastructure is working perfectly, which, again, we could have a whole other podcast on the, <laughs> on the technological advances in or lack thereof in charging infrastructure. But anyway, so one of the things that I do is back up or stack up some YouTube stuff and some podcasts because uh, I know that it's a good consumption space. <laughs> so I was listening to a couple of Gary Vaynerchuk videos that they've posted over the last month or two. And it's interesting to not really watch them in real time, but kind of collect a couple together over the yeah. past three or four months because you get this kind of six-month condensed Correct. Thematically, you can see like a trans- the transition and exactly, the exactly. And in fact, what hasn't changed as well. So that commonality over that period yes. as well. And one of the things that really stood out was the point that he was making. Both to I think there was like a real estate summit that he was at. There were a couple of one on uh, not one on one, but like small group meetings, and there was another kind of slightly bigger group meetings, but still for corporate clients. So that's kind of like the high level presentation to a big group, to individual clients, to companies that they were working with as part of VaynerMedia. Anyway, the thing that stood out from all of them was this point that he was making, particularly at the corporate level, of saying, you're losing if your structure 
is still the same as it was five years ago. So you've got a marketing budget for a campaign. That budget is a million dollars. Of that million dollars, you're going to refine all these ideas, pick the one that you really like, get all of this, the video ads creative shop for it back it up with all of these print magazine ads that go with it so you've got the i forget the name of the term but you've got this collective campaign approach of video social print all of these things going off this one idea that fails because you're picking that idea you don't know correct what you have to do what you have to do is just put out 10 things a day across every single channel and the one that resonates yeah then double down on that and just exactly what you said, that telling a designer to go through and pick out these two or three sections from a video, hey, you know what you're doing. You might like it lucky. You might have an above average hit rate. But not really. Like you can't, I can't go through an hour video and think, where's the interesting bits? And what was interesting right. is that two videos that it created were videos I never would have picked. One was actually a participant making a right. point. And, and that was actually a better, that was actually a really nice clip because he was explaining like what can be done. And I never would have picked that because I, I would have, right. my brain would have unconsciously thought I'm not speaking or George isn't speaking on this one. Right. Or they might be making an obvious point that to you as the industry insider, it's too basic. You skip over it because you're thinking about yeah. the the 10th level up, not it the first level. my biases or perspectives or right. if you're tired, you're going to look at the first 15 minutes and you're not going to look in the last 45 or whatever like that. All of that goes, what you just talked about before was like basically that old blockbuster model, like where they're trying to make a, a hit film or a hit drug or anything like right. that. And it's like this waterfall, isn't it? Like you, you're trying to make everything work here. And then if it doesn't, it just falls basically, right? Yeah. And I, I think it was a... Yeah, yeah there was a news story from the other day that just popped by and it was the headline was TV's about to get weird. And it was talking about this tailored approach and yes. potentially, I mean, it was going a little bit down the track a little bit, but this real personalization of, you even see it today. So the Netflix thumbnails that you see for shows and movies Changes. change all the time. Yeah, because they're yeah. trying to do that approach. Imagine now that you have a preference for female leads or blonde characters or guys with beards it'll, it'll be what you want basically right and you can choose the film as you want it i saw on i saw a video which was a fan created star wars like a star wars spin-off basically and they had right. like famous actors like adrian brody and different people it was all created in mid-journey and the script written in chat gpt and the audio done by like an ai engine and what i'm trying to say is that it looked pretty good yeah. and that's with snake the AI, basically, right? right? Like, <laughs> such a, so, so and I that, think that people said that within two idea. years, fully AI-generated films will be here. They said that. Right. It is crazy, isn't it? But then again, I mean, you think about it in terms of the difficult, trying to finish one thought at a time, but this is the problem with the show. There's so many ideas that just escape from the talking points. When you think about the AI-generated movies, an initial thought might be, hey, that, what does that mean for actors? That means that they've got their out of work. But, or models, yeah. But what it, the difficult thing that it means is that the top tier, people who have a following or personality or a certain Correct. perspective we'll always be or fine. an opinion, yeah. yeah, will always be fine. And models the same, a unique look, something that is in that top Correct. 10%. It's, it's, linked, it's linked to audience. It's linked to audience, right? Isn't it? Right. Like, what it means is difficult for is the background characters. So like Ted Lasso, the TV series there, all of those audience characters in the football stadiums are all generated. So, I mean, obviously that's at scale. You would never have 80,000 extras. But, but the extras just behind you, 
Yeah, but this is the, what we just talked about. That everyone needs to upskill, right? If you were at level right. one, whatever job you were, you cannot stay there because AI yeah. is at level one already and will be at level two soon. So you've got yeah. to figure out like how it, I think an analogy I'd kind of think about it is like if AI is basically a floor that keeps rising, basically, right? You've just got to figure out how to stay on top of it, basically, right? So, so, yeah. so you you can then increase your productivity. And like we talked about in a previous episode, it's like an intellectual submarine. You can go deeper, deeper and produce better and better quality work. I mean, one thing I was thinking about and I wrote a little article on it is like basically most people's thinking is quite and simplistic and we have a lot of opinions and things without a lot of knowledge and they kind of go with gut feels so i kind of look at that as like low resolution thinking and it's a bit like black and white tvs or blocky tvs from the past. <laughs> right. versus nowadays if you've got like a lot of information from like lots of videos but imagine you get summaries of all those videos and let's say five different viewpoints you can then build up in the same amount of time it would take to watch one video, which is like the low res thinking, you can develop a much more nuanced understanding of what's going on. It's almost like high resolution thinking, and then you can improve yeah. your work in that way. So I think the key thing here is like, you have to upskill, you have to look at new things and kind of go from there. So I think today's been quite an interesting kind of like deconstruction of where we kind of see things basically. And I think the next things that we can look at is like what is going to come, what's going to be released soon and how things will go. And I think we were going to touch on Zapier next time, isn't it? Right. And, right. and other ways that yeah. people could start implementing and, and creating some elements within this as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. One tooltip, one point that you were talking about, the AI video and the using that to insert names and have it personalized. There was a service that we used. I don't know that I've mentioned it before, but for people listening, it's worth checking out. Synesthesia.io, much for the pronunciation. But that as a service, it's not perfect. But to look at the personalization element of that, to dive into it and just see where it is today at the snake level, that I think for anyone who was intrigued by that as you were talking about it, it's a great tool to just jump on board and take a quick look at because it's really slightly eye-opening. And even those guys, they've got some standard models, but you can upload your own image in your Absolutely. own model and develop yeah, it. I showed so, in the workshop like where there was one company that used uh, targeted all the people who abandoned cart with a personalized video right. from the founder, which was, hey, right. Stuart, I saw you didn't check out and you left this there. I totally get it. Yeah. Let me know if there was a question you had about it. Well, my team will be happy to help. And so, yeah. so the, having a higher resolution touch point by WhatsApp or whatever like that can really yeah. expand things. But maybe I think that, yeah, this is like a good thing we can like think about next time, like how you could upgrade particular experiences and, and also build some stuff so we can kind of go into a bit more right. detail. Give a few examples. On, on that one, basically. Yeah. Fantastic. So much opportunity. Well, well, by next week, who knows where we'll be. <laughs> that's, that's the fun thing. I look forward to finding out. So have a great one. Fantastic. You too. Take care. Thank you. Yes.